0: Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This is a recording of our weekly Exploring the Parsha class with Rabbi Rebecca Schatz and Rabbi Matt Shapiro.
1: Lach start at the beginning, very good place to start. I'm really just kind of riffing on the very first pasuk. Rabbi Schatz, I know, has also been exploring that in a couple of different places. Were you going to go into second third pasuk as well or are we just gonna hang with n- numero Uno. No, yeah, you can go into
2: the second
1: third, that's fine. Great. Um, they are they are evocative words. They're words many of us know quite well. Um it is it is the big the big call out to our forefather. Um I'm actually I, I there's not much context to give because there isn't a lot of narrative context, although I will say Foregrounding something that came to mind as I was thinking about this verse, it remains interesting how little we know about this guy heading in, considering the the role he ends up having for us right it It is even though we know his genealogy and his place of origin, it remains interesting that we actually really know very little about this person who holds such a pivotal role um, in who we are as a people and I think there's there's some interesting pieces to explore. Um, and and think about there in terms of of these these frameworks. Um, So just diving right in. Vayomer Adonai El Avram, God says to Avram, lech lecha mi'artzecha u'mi Moladcha u'mi bait avicha el ha'aret asher ar eka. Translating lech lecha, I feel like kind of gives the lie of of how you're understanding it since it's a phrase that has been translated and retranslated and interpreted and and reinterpreted. Um, so I'll just stick with the bare bones JPS here, even though there's much more to say about it. Go forth from your land, from your birthplace, and um, mm-hmm. from your father's house to the land that I will show you. I shall make you a great nation. I will bless you. And I will uh, make your name great. I will increase your name. And you shall be a blessing. Should I go on more Rabbi shots, or is that sufficient for our purposes?
3: Um, yeah, I think that's sufficient. Okay. So I mean, you should introduce the topic, and then we can decide that.
1: I will, in fact, do just that. So the way that we've sort of stumbled into doing this is that after reading through the verses, I'll, I'll sort of like foreground the mental health and or spiritual growthiness parts that are kind of calling haha, to me um out of the verses and then open it up to kushiot both in terms of the more conventional way that we were doing it, in terms of text textual issues or um inconsistencies or clarifications that you have about the verses themselves or if you you know are sort of feeling curious about the more topical piece that i'm that i'm yammering on about we can we can uh, explore that too so kind of one one and a half thoughts that came to mind for me on this which is um I'm going to pop out to see a uh, quick quick show of hands um folks know right, give, give me a wave or, a, or something if you know Joseph Campbell hero's journey kind of stuff folks know that
3: Bonnie does
1: Yeah Bonnie Denise Karen Marley So like so so it seems like yeah Tybalt, right so so thinking about this through that lens. so i'll I'll be interested to hear what folks have to say in response to that because that's that's part of what i'm thinking about here not just avram as the man who becomes avraham and who is the progenitor of the jewish people but thinking about this in sort of that archetypical construct of someone who is about to embark upon the hero's journey but what's interesting about the hero's journey and i have here because i know some people are visual learners in the house Rabbi Shatz, this one's for you. Um, so here's sort of a, a little diagram of a very bare-bone sense of what the hero's journey is. Joseph Campbell, who um was a scholar of myth. Um and I have I have lots of books here for show and tell today. So there's the the hero with a thousand faces. Oh, Rabbi Shatz, look at the mosaic. Ah, it's a mosaic. Look at that. I didn't even think about that till just now. Um, and Joseph Campbell also wrote a book called *The Inner Reaches of Outer Space*, which is sort of tipping tipping off the next place I'm going with this. Um, oftentimes, in the hero's journey, um, in that archetypical kind of understanding of what it is to go out, to be called to adventure, to go out, to sort of conquer the the challenges that you're facing, um, to get the reward that you're going for, and then you and then you return and then you return home. That's, that's sort of the, the completing piece of the arc because it's usually thought of as a circle. What's interesting is that Abraham doesn't go home, right? The, the story of, of Abraham is that <laughs> he, he dafka leaves and he never comes back. So it's an interesting kind of um, inversion of what sort of across cultures and across myths is usually what happens that someone is called, they go out into the world, they fight their battles, they slay their demons, they get what they're trying to get, and then they bring that back home. But Abraham actually goes, right? He steps out into the unknown and just sort of keeps walking. Um, So I think that that's an interesting idea. And the piece that I'll sort of invite each of us to think about is how we navigate the unknown, right? To the land that I will show you, um, that's, that's tough, right? It's tough to to step out into the world knowing we, there's always a lot that we don't know, but there's a lot to step out into the world knowing I am very much stepping out into the realm of things. I really don't know what's gonna happen next. Um, And so thinking for myself and inviting us to think about how do you navigate the unknown? How do you build a capacity for trust? When when can you do that? When is that challenging for you? I think there's a lot of interesting questions there sort of uh, refracted through the prism of this story. and then the one other wrinkle I'll throw out there is um, I was reading a few teachings talking about how this is both um, an external journey and also an internal journey, right? That yes, he's, he is physically journeying, he's packing up all his stuff, he's getting ready to go. Um, but along with that is also the the journey sort of within to explore himself more deeply, to look within himself, to see um, what he might learn about himself and also that involves leaving behind different pieces of his identity that he has previously had before and asking the questions okay what is the journey not that i'm just being called to take on out in the world but what's the journey that i'm being called um, to take on um, within myself to explore myself more deeply to get to know myself more intimately to unearth the parts of myself that i might not yet have explored and, and to then come out on the other side um, those are the pieces that I'm, that I'm thinking about. That's already plenty of stuff to throw out there. So I, I'm happy to riff on any or all of those things further, but I'll, I'll pause there for now.
3: Okay, So we'll take Kushi out now. So if anybody has any questions, whether about what Rabbi Shapiro was just explaining um, or about the verses themselves. So, Karen, I saw your hand first and then Tybel.:
4: I don't know if my memory is totally gone, but why why Abraham?
3: Yeah, great question. It's a question that someone actually asked in my Midrash class yesterday. Um, and I mentioned that there are lots of source sheets on safari that are called Why Abraham but um, oh. I didn't look into because that wasn't my topic that I was teaching. But it's it's a really great question. And one of the things that Rabbi Shapiro said at the beginning of class was, "There's we don't need to give you much context because this is the first time, not that we're being introduced to the name Avram, but this is kind of the first time that Avram has a scene so to speak in the play right that he comes out on stage for the first time and all of a sudden he's being told to go somewhere else i think that we will come we will come to understand why avram throughout his story i think it's not as apparent from the beginning of his story why avram rabbi Shapiro is scrolling so maybe he has an answer you're just telling us where he came from
1: only only scrolling up to sort of illustrate your point right which I is know. that we hear we hear that his his dad was Tarach. we know his so brothers and we know where he comes from right so and, we, and we and we know that sarai um didn't have any kids but that's it that's all we know about him so, okay
4: but so so why hit him yes why the son of that person Great.
3: Yeah. I mean, the the, the answer still the the answer still stands. We don't really know, but as we learn more about Abraham, like when we move away from Abraham, when Abraham dies, Karen, ask this question again, right? Because then then we'll have actual implication for his character and for the experiences that he's both lived but also given us to learn from, and then we can answer that question again. Right now, it's a great question, and we don't have an answer. Um, Okay. There's lots of hands. Tybal, Renee, Marlise, Denise, Elon. Hold on. rhymed.
5: um, so first, actually, I wanted to just say something in response to Karen, and then go to what I thought of. One reason might be because can you think, given that the people whose foundational narrative is the word was created with words, this person could not have been named and renamed any better. I mean, for starting a new nation, who could have a better name?
3: Do you know that midrash, Are you or
5: no? What oh. Avra means and what mm-hmm. Avraham means.
3: Yeah, so that's the midrash on his name. It's actually one of the things that uh, our bat mitzvah, one of the benot mitzvah tomorrow, Lila Shamansky is actually talking about. That the midrash says that his name is Avraham, which is Av Hamon Goin. Yeah, it sounded weird coming out of my mouth. But the the father of a multitude of nations is actually his name is an acrostic for that. I have. Poster board in my office that it could show you the acrostic um, that she's going to be using tomorrow, but it but it is talking about, um, is
1: about. Is she using the poster board in her drash? Yeah. Is that because you told her she's oh, a visual yeah. learner and you need to see things?
5: We can talk about
1: this offline. <laughs> Maybe. Wait, anyway, Rabbi. I'll
5: continue. I didn't mean the midrash. I just meant the shot of yeah, what yeah. the name I mean, is, but yeah, yeah. Um, where Rabbi Shapiro started when he talked about Joseph Campbell, I went from there to um Odysseus, because in part my first year of college, Odyssey and Iliad, I read four times in two different course, you know, in how are many different courses. And I thought a little bit about the difference between someone who travels physically and comes back, potentially not so changed, versus someone yeah. who comes back but he's not as changed as someone who travels doesn't come back, and the difference in changes, though, after um I know not everybody was there last night, but if I understood Rabbi Shatz correctly, she doesn't buy into the whole 10 trials of Avraham thing as trials. But oh, yes, yeah. correct. Still, However, one would characterize them, and whichever ten is in the ten, I just thought that was very interesting as a different way to look at travel, as the change in the human being, not the geography.
3: Yeah, great. I think that's a really that's a really great point, and and plays into the different kinds of journeys that people go on, right? There's different kinds of journeys. There are different ways in which people come back from journeys and how they affect them. It's, yeah, it's a great a great point. Okay, Renee.
5: So I was just curious whether it says go forth from your native land and from your father's house. Yeah. Or if those are both necessarily the same place.
3: Well, so what we talked about last night in our class was that, you know, the, yes, back in the day, it was always the same place. People never, people, there was not, there was not far enough to go that saying your land. And your birthplace were were so different, right? As opposed to today, where someone could be born in Germany and live their whole life in Chicago, right? There's you could have you could have very different places, but back in the day, that it would have been the same. So so that native the native, is, the native
1: land in his father's house. But I but I would say I'm just going to jump right. Well, in. What's no. missing?
3: One right? Yeah, Me'artzachai's I... land, like me, so. I'll explain it the way that I did last night. Me'artzachai is like the U.S then umi is like California, and umi beit is Feyer Avenue, where my parents live. Right? So it's it's these concentric circles getting smaller and smaller into the intimacy of Avram's existence.
1: And there's an interesting just parallelism there in terms of here in the story of the Yat-Kedah, Yeah. when God says to Abraham, kach et, right, here's ma'artzecha umi moladetcha umi Right, when God says then later to Abraham, kach et Bincha at Yekitcha Asherahavka at Yitzchak, right? That there's those sort of layers of clarification about what God is calling to Abraham to do, which is just an interesting okay. parallelism. Yeah.
3: Yeah. For those of you there last night, that was the second commentary that we looked at also. Um okay, Marlee.
1: I was not there last night. You are not a woman.
6: Um Yeah, I had a couple different questions. Um, One is talking, thinking about the hero's journey. If um, it could be said that Avram, you know, creates a new home Uh for himself and whether that could be conceived of, you know, in that hero's journey framework, somehow, it seems like that's something that each person is called to leave their parents home and, you know, become their own person. Um, and then I was, I noticed, I noticed this last night that like the, it, I mean, and the end show you are, uh, I mean, they look similar. I know it's different root words, um, but I guess it's, is it re'e for, for showing or seeing? Yeah, our,
3: Yeah, it, is re it yeah, comes from um, the root re'e.
6: Yeah. Um, so I know, but just, I just noticed that. So I wondered if there was any kind of relationship between those words. Interesting.
3: Um. Not in so much as it's towards Abraham, right? That I will show you your land, your birthplace. Um, the suffix of each word is showing that it's directional to Abraham. But other than that, there's no, there's no other kind of syntactic um, yeah. Mm-hmm.
6: connection.
2: Yeah.
3: Okay.
0: Uh, Denise. Um, okay, so two thoughts. One of them regarding um, Avram and the hero, Joseph Campbell quest. Yeah. Um, So Joseph Campbell is also really into archetypes. And I never thought of it before this class right now. But this little passage is sort of like the archetypical story of the Jewish people. Like we're constantly having to leave Mm -hmm. and go somewhere else and get better and leave and go somewhere else and get better. And so... Um. So maybe that's it's. Maybe this isn't so much of a hero story as an archetype story. Mm-hmm.
3: I, yeah. Great. I mean, I don't know so much. Rajpiro can speak more directly to to the the connection there. But I love the idea of seeing this as uh, as an an overarching theme of just our people in general. That this is the introduction to what our people are going to. um, going to go through. Right.
0: I mean, it's kind of amazing. The thing about like 5,000 years ago, you know, who knew that that would, that narrative would repeat probably 5,000 times at least. Yeah. 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 So that's kind of cool. And it, you know, it didn't happen to every culture. It happened to us. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not like everybody's always moving around. It's, we are. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's just kind of an interesting thing. And then as far as like fear of the unknown and that, like for me personally, I've never been afraid of the unknown. I'm not like a super gutsy person, but but when I've been held back or when I've held myself back, it's not because of the unknown. It's more often because of the known. So like, I know how people in my life react to things and therefore I didn't take a chance because I yeah. knew the kind of reaction it would get, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but the unknown feels kind of safe to me in a way. Mm. Interesting.
3: Archer, anything you want to say specifically to the to the connection piece to what you to what you shared earlier? Um,
1: I mean, I have I have thought. Elon's been waiting. I definitely have thought, but Elon has been waiting a while, so I'm happy to hold my tongue just a moment. Okay,
2: great. Elon,
1: you can go ahead. I, I, uh, it, I'm ha- I'm happy to wait longer. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Ping pong back. Yeah, I mean. Denise it's, it's interesting i mean uh it's interesting to hear you say that second piece about fear of unknown i mean i i i think fear of unknown is relatively common i certainly feel the need to sort of uh um sum up a good amount of you know energy and courage to jump into something new um particularly when i don't know or don't think i know what the outcome will be so uh, so for me there's there's something nice in this verse sort of similar to what you're saying about how maybe this is, you know, sort of a, a, a mini um, summation of what we will each experience. Like, well, if, if Avraham can, can, you know, at, at 75 pick up and go somewhere brand new, you know, maybe I can, you know, try a new pizza place or whatever it is. Obviously. <laughs> I like trying new pizza places, but um, you know, if, if he can do it, so can I. You know, something, something like that, that there's, there's something reassuring knowing, knowing that within the, the DNA of, of us as people, there, there has been someone who has gone before, right? All of, all of our ancestor who, ancestor who's gone before us to, to show us how to do that. But I'm, I, clearly you have embodied that so completely that you don't need that, need that support. So that's good. It is, it is interesting that you, you hold this up saying well maybe he's like our own sort of unique like mini archetype, since we've always been wandering although i was also thinking about how um you know the there is like at least two and a half different thoughts on this but but it's interesting that once we get to canaan we actually do kind of have the hero's journey from there right like the 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 story of the of the Torah is well. We go down to Egypt and then we wander all the way back. Right there is the return, except again for how there isn't. Right, like the Torah ends on kind of a cliffhanger. Right, like we we don't go in until Joshua. Right, we 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 get we get all the way all the way all the way almost there and then well Moses dies and well it seems like it's implied we go in, but if you don't read Joshua. You don't read about us going in. Mm-hmm. Right. So so there, there is something interesting in our DNA as well about like not, not quite getting there. I remember in rabbinical school of Pencha Skeller talked about the Jewish messianic impulse about being always not quite there. Right? We're always not quite there. Um we're ah no ah, ah no oh ah no, nope, not quite. And that's part of what was so fascinating about the second half of the 20th century with the emergence of Israel is like, oh, we've never. It's been a very long time since we've actually really returned. We've learned how mm-hmm. to wander really well. What does it mean to actually have a place we're returning to? Mm-hmm. That is a a brand new kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, there there's there's a lot in all of that, I think. But but it's it's an interesting idea to use to have like. Abraham is like embedded as sort of like one of the progenitors of like our own sort of unique archetype in that way. It's interesting.
3: Elan, the floor is yours.
1: So I want to uh go back to uh why Avram, and I actually really like the fact that there is no big buildup to Avram, right? It's just they give us his lineage and then they say, and God and the Lord said to Avram, and to me, it, this this makes it much more universal. And you can read this and say, you know what, you don't have to be some uh, great character with a lot of feats, a lot of strength, a lot of intellectual ability, but you can uh, go on this journey, regardless of who you are, right? And, and to me, I don't know, it may just be random, but to me, that that definitely resonates.
3: Yeah, I I agree. I I think that it plays into also like the humility around Avram that he just does all these things. Right? We think of Noah as very naive um in terms of being called tamim bedorotav, but I actually think that Avram really approaches our story but also the world with just this sense of wonder and question and sure anybody's invited into my tent. Right? There's just this Really beautiful humility about Avram. I'm sure there are things he does along the way that are not perfect, but that makes him human. Uh, and so I, I agree with you. I like that there's no, let's talk about this guy, and he was the greatest in his nation, and what an amazing dude. And then all of a sudden to hear about him, but that he's just this person who listens to God, God says to go somewhere. Unlike Noah, he asks a few questions along the way as to like, why is this all happening to me? Um, but, but that it does come with this sense of there is a higher purpose. I have partners in this world. I'm going to just kind of go with it. Uh, and ends up being a great leader it just despite kind of the, the pomp and circumstance. Uh, Rebecca.
2: Um. So just continuing what, what Elon was saying, which I really liked was, um, that there's sort of a symmetry between Abraham and the, the land because yeah. the land is showing up out of nowhere as well. We mm-hmm. don't even know what the land is at this point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're both kind of anonymous <laughs> initially. Like, yeah. I'm,
3: that that's very that's very interesting and it goes to the to actually the question that Marlies asked um according to according to the eight time which i went and got while um Elon was asking his question it's um modern day syria and you know for us to for us to be able to look at a map and say oh that's where he was going that's one thing but as you're pointing out rebecca like we, he, he doesn't. He doesn't even know where he's going. We don't know what this land is. We don't know what this land will bring, except for that God is saying that he's going to be made into a great nation, which we don't really know what that means either, <laughs> um, right? We we hear the words, but we don't necessarily know what that means, except for if you know the rest of the Torah, you kind of understand it just intuitively because you've read the rest of the story. But but you're right that there is a really beautiful mirror. Um, in terms of the character, but also the experience, uh, which I've never thought of before, but I, I really love that that connection.
1: The other thing that I mean, when you said bring the book off the shelf, the thing that it brought to mind for me is, uh, I mean, I, I don't know about others, but but like I heard somebody talking about this relatively recently. We don't really know what it is to be lost anymore. Yeah, yeah, so true. Right? Like
5: when even the in time? our right.
3: lifetime, right? Like, or yeah. at least I'm a little bit younger than you. Like in my 12, when I was. Right. When I started, I'm not 12. When I started driving, right, there was already this sense of like, I don't, I don't need a map. I don't need to even know how to read a map, right? My my father would disagree wholeheartedly with that and tried to get me to read the Thomas Guide. Um, and I remember telling the story to Bonnie actually because she she talked about that in terms of. Larry used to do that with his kids, uh, would try to get them <laughs> how to read how to read maps and know where to go based on maps. It just you're right that we don't have that same sense of if we get lost. I always feel differently when I'm in Israel, because even though I can have a GPS, I still just don't know the little streets as well. But but it just, you know, there's no sense of you sent somewhere and not knowing where the, you're
1: going the last time i was really really lost in a car was was like 15 years ago and it was <laughs> when i had or, or basically like 13 or 14 years ago when i i think it was my first year living in la or second year and i was staffing like a los angeles hebrew high shabaton at camp Ramat, and i'd never been up there before uh-huh. and i like printed out directions and i missed the turnoff a math went, quest. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, you printed out the things blah, 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 and I missed it. And it was like a half hour. I was like, I think I missed it. And I had to turn it back up. But like, it was, it was over a decade ago that I was yeah. like actually lost. And even then I kind of knew where I was. And I mean, yeah. I'll even, if I'm like driving home from the Grove, I'll sometimes pull it up on Google maps to see if like Crescent Heights or La Cienega will be faster even though I've made that drive hundreds of times. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So it's just so antithetical to my, at least my current situation to be told by a voice that I've never heard. And maybe right. I'm hallucinating go where, I don't know. I'll figure it out later. Like what, yeah. uh, what you want me to do what? Right. Like that's, yeah. that's pretty bananas. Right. Right. Um, But, but, to, to go back to one of the pieces I was saying at the beginning, the the sense that we know where we're going is illusory, right? We don't know. <laughs> we don't, I mean, how many times during the pandemic did we hear forecasts about when it's all going to be over and yeah. and nope, right? Like there are a lot of folks who make good money prognosticating, predicting, forecasting, and they're often wrong. There's a lot that we don't know, and there's certainly a lot that we don't know. There's a lot that I don't know about what my life holds for good and for not so good. Um, And I think for me, when I read this verse, it's a good reminder of that. It's a a good reminder that there is a lot of uncertainty in the world. And the, the call is, yes, go out into that. But along with that, that I will be with you. Right. God doesn't necessarily say it will be easy all along the way, but God does say, I'll 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 be with you um, and that that I, I will bless you. He doesn't say you'll never have service, but he says, I will bless you. And I think there is something really important and powerful.
2: In that. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Annie, you have your hand up.
7: Yes. Well, if we're talking about mental health, we might also want to look into the fact that not every journey is one that takes us physically somewhere else. Um, when we take a new job, um, it's an unknown when we have children in my case right now, I have a whole new life and I don't know where I'm going because I lost my spouse. So there's many times in our lives that, that we take these journeys that are within ourselves or within a smaller area that we
4: need to deal with.
1: Absolutely. And, and. I think there are different journeys at different stages of life for sure. Um, And I think it's also telling, I mean, I, I referenced this in passing, but I want to hit it even harder. Like Aram gets this call at 75. He's had a life. He's already married, right? Like usually when you think about someone hearing a call, it's in that like, young adulthood phase when they're just starting to find their way, like graduating high school or coming out of college, or they've been working for a couple of years. And then then they hear the, right, the number of times I've been asked by people, what, what, did you hear a call to go to rabbinic? I don't know. If, I don't know what that means. Maybe. I don't know. Rabbi, did you, how do you, uh, wait, I'm going to finish my thought. Man, I wanna, I'm very curious to hear how Rabbi Schatz answers this question. <laughs> um, but um, I think it's telling me he's 75. He's already married. He's, he's lived a good chunk of his life. And he gets this call to uproot and go somewhere brand new. Um, I think there's something really evocative and powerful in that. Um, that that there is, A, it's possible, right? It's always possible to go on the next phase of your journey. Um, and B, that when you are called, that there is someone who has done that before you and who has made it through, right? I think I think there's something really... Really lovely in that, you know. Rabbi Shots. yes. I have a question for you.
3: Oh, I didn't know.
1: Uh huh. Um, when do you, do folks ever ask you that? Like, oh, were you called to go to rabbinical school? Do you get I that have, question?
3: I have been asked it in the past.
1: Yes. How do you How do you respond to that question?
3: Um well it depends on who it's being asked by. I if it's being I'm at, asked
1: I'm asked I'm asking, asking you now in front of God, Torah, and all of these lovely Israelites. Rabbi Schatz. <laughs> yes, are Rabbi Schatz. Were you called to go to rabbinical school?
3: No. I, I think it's it's I think it's a very different when when someone says my, my mom works at a preschool that is connected to though it's a, a secular preschool, it's connected to a church. It's a UCC church. And um the Reverend always talks about her calling. And and I I just I think that we have a have, have a very different um experience with with at least why I went to rabbinical school. I was really excited about working with people and I was really excited about learning more Torah. And if that's a calling, then sure, but I definitely didn't feel like God was telling me that I needed to do this. I, I often reverse the question by saying, I think that it's a continued calling. I think that there are certain moments in what I do as a rabbi that remind me that this is the right thing for me to be doing. Um, but I don't I don't associate that with any kind of spiritual guidance of this is what you were meant to do. It, it's much more it's much more so process theology, I would say, in terms of my rabbinate than um then kind of personal God in
1: that in that way okay now I want to I see your records are hands up I wanted we're doing a lot of audience polling today I want to do a quick show of hands how raise your hand if in your life you have felt called to do something Hmm. wow split split almost evenly it's really interesting
2: but I think that that
3: it's an it, it, it is an interesting question, and we're not going to do another poll. But I but I think that there, oh yeah, we're doing
1: polls. Polls are or, good.
3: But I but I think that there's like I would have put my hand up for that. But I wasn't as like called into the rabbitet like when my aunt literally called me um, and said, "Will you come with me to be the." to be, you know, my partner in picking up my now cousin, um, to adopt him in from Detroit, that felt like a very spiritual calling because my uncle had passed away. I was taking his place. Like that to me was definitely a calling. I don't think that, that my, um, that my profession in that way is the same kind of experience, but anyway, we can get into this another
1: time, but no, why not the time. This is a great time to be getting. This is fantastic. Yeah, Rebecca. This has nothing to do with calling. Oh, crazy. we're letting shots off the hook. <laughs> I, I didn't have called on you. Called on you. <laughs>
2: um, this is going back to the question of why Abraham. Something that Bonnie said just sort of clicked in my head um, because she had said that when the you know, sometimes the, the journey is like, it's different stages in life and having kids and so on. And, um, of the other children that are listed, the other, uh, in just, you know, at the end of the previous parsha, um, I, Abraham is the only one without kids. So clearly he would be the one tempted to go to a new land where he was promised kids. So that was my. Uh, that might be why. Why that's of around.
1: Of the of of the three kids who were named at the end of last week's parasha, he's the only one listed who does not yet have progeny. So therefore, he's maybe a little feeling. He's he's a little more prone to to picking up and moving out because he doesn't have to worry about cleaning out little Tim, Timmy's bedroom where he where he grew up.
2: Well, no. Also, because he's he's being Mm -hmm.
1: promised—that's the main part of the
2: promise—that he will be blessed,
1: right? uh, Many, right? uh, So yeah, it's it's not a total cold call. Is the point? It's not like hey, go move to Czechoslovakia, right? Czech Republic, sorry. Uh, It's not hey, go go move to the Czech Republic. It's if you move to the Czech—I don't know—we're talking about the Czech Republic. If you move to the Czech Republic, you will get the following things. Um, like cheap beer. Cheap. I studied abroad in Prague. So. Good beer, right, right Rabbi Sean? Right.
3: Yeah. Um. Do you Do you want to share any more on the on your particular theme? I just don't want to get us too off track.
1: I mean, why? Why is that something you would ever be? concerned about Um, i'm there's definitely another piece i can layer in is is are there any of our more traditional commentators as opposed to the rabbi shapiro ramblings that you want to throw into the mix
3: no do the rabbi shapiro rambling and then if it fits in at the end then then fine but nothing that i feel like i need to share first
1: the only other piece i wanted to throw in there and it gets it gets less in the heroes. Um, journey-y stuff, although I find that very interesting. Like I said, I have all sorts of books. I can do all sorts of show and tell. A, the Hero Within and Inner Reaches of Outer Space. And Rabbi Shots, aren't you excited about the mosaic? Right. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Um, is um, in the Jewish spiritual discipline known as Musar, um, in, through which you work on cultivating sort of one um, midah, like like sort of one spiritual strength or attribute at a time. There are lots of um, classical Musar teachers. A a man known as Alan Marinus is the author who has sort of brought this to a a wider audience in the past couple of decades. Um, And I've seen him differentiate between two different types of faith. Um, that come into play here in a way that I think is really interesting. He talks about the difference between emunah and bitachon, hmm. um, so bo- both of which are can kind of be translated as trust, but or faith and trust rather. But he talks about how emunah is faith; it's sort of like a more intellectual grasping of what faith or belief or an understanding of God is, whereas bitachon is is trust. It's it's more of an embodied sense um, of, of, like, action in the world beyond just an intellectual relationship or understanding of God. That bitachon is, okay, I have this emunah, and now I'm going to, uh, like, go out into the world um, and embody it, um, which I think is an interesting... Um, sort of uh, defining of, of two different terms, because I, I think they are slightly different things, right? I think it's one thing to have an intellectual understanding of something and another thing entirely to actually go out and live and act in accordance with that intellectual understanding. And I think that Avraham here is, is being called to do both. Right. He's being he's being called by this being who, as far as we can tell, he doesn't recognize on his caller ID yet. Um, But then he's also being told to to go out and make a, a pretty substantial change in alignment with that sort of more more intellectual sense. It's not just, hey, believe in God. Okay, cool. I believe in God. now. No, like you are receiving this call and now you need to go out and do it. Um, so, again, just like ref- refracting that back outwards to us, I think it's an interesting question. You know, when are the moments that you're able to like cultivate a sense of emunah, a sense of faith? And along with that, how do you then translate that emunah? How do you translate that faith into living your life with a sense of bitachon, with a sense of trust, with a sense of walking in the world? um grounded in that faith that also then empowers you to live in the world in and, and the way that you want to be living it. Um which is not easy, right? I, I, th- I think that there there could be very, very long conversations to be had about how we collectively do that and how we individually do that. Um, but I at least wanted to sort of toss toss that construct out there since it seemed to be um well in line with kind of the, the framework that that we're talking about for these two verses so I don't know if folks have thoughts in response to that but i'll i'll pause there
6: yeah Marley or gary um just that when rabbi shapiro you were mentioning the difference between the two terms i immediately thought about the yomodani in the morning which is um muna is, is the term mm. used and you know i i guess i Anyway, just, it's it seems to me that that would be more of a, um, just, I mean, what's more um, less intellectual, I guess, than just your very life, um, you know, in terms of waking up in the morning and still being alive. It's it's just, anyway, and, um, for me, it's hard. I'm just noticing, like, when I'm trying to, to daven, if I'm kind of rushing through, it's it's not as... I just have a different experience if I can actually sort of slow down and feel it, just ground, get grounded. Yes. So, um, anyway, those are just some thoughts that came to mind as you were talking.
1: Do you see more say more about that second piece? How do you see that that davening piece connecting to the, the first thought?
6: Um, I guess just when you were, you know, contrasting the two terms, one is being more intellectual, more one is more kind of. Oh, I guess walking in the world, having that trust, you know, going forth. And I don't know, just as somehow I connected that to a recent experience I had on the minion. Yeah.
1: So and just, just to clarify for folks so so we all know what Marlise is referring to, right at the end of Modani, that the words are rabba and Munatecha. right? That but interestingly there it's it's actually saying, Great is your faith, the the your, the antecedent there is is God. Right, great is God's faith in us for restoring us life for this day, which is also a really interesting idea. Like God, I'm grateful to God that God has restored me for this day to to get out in the world and and do what I'm gonna what I'm gonna go do. So that I always find that in and of itself to be an interesting construct as well. You know,
3: the only piece that I was going to add that I I will add while people are thinking, I'm going to share my screen. Give me one second. Um, the only piece I was going to add was um, this Orachaim piece, which is the beginning of what Rabbi Shapiro was mentioning in terms of the connection to the Akedah. But just this first part here, I'll read it for our uh, for our podcast listeners. Um, the Orachaim says, "The Torah lists the departures according to the pain of leave-taking involved." It is less painful to leave one's country than to leave one's birthplace and it is even more painful to leave one's family abraham is commanded to leave in an ascending order of the nostalgia involved so i when rabbi shapiro suggested this um this theme to me i was thinking about how Uh, it it doesn't matter who the person is that's leaving, it actually might matter what you're leaving. Um, So whether or not you are a strong person, or you are someone who worries with change, or you're someone who's just averse to change, um, that it doesn't actually necessarily matter who you who you are, what your character is, it actually might be the things that you are leaving that are affecting that departure um, and so what is it that you're leaving? Are you leaving your family? Are you leaving uh, a job? Are you leaving a community? Are you leaving just a place that you once lived and know but don't have connections to all of those different Circles that Abraham is, you know, listed for him, but that he's leaving from are very different types of departure, even if Abraham is the same guy leaving each of those places. So I found that really interesting, um, in terms of the, uh, this, this perspective into Departure and who's leaving, and the character of Abraham, but also um, that that it's causative that which were that which we're leaving um, are, that's around us. Okay, Denise and then Karen, you both had your pants shot up.
0: Um, it makes me think about what Baba Shapiro said earlier, um, because I I feel like it depends kind of depends what you're leaving. I I don't know. I think that most people don't leave anything when it's going great. And so if you're leaving, you're probably happy about it or feeling like it's necessary or important or going to lead to something good. And I think that that that's different for Avraham because we don't know anything about his life up until this moment, but we definitely aren't told that anything was going wrong or sideways or had suddenly changed. And so, so it kind of reminds me of Ravish Pir was saying in the beginning of, you know, if he can do it, we can do it too type of thing because he did it presumably when things were okay, or at least not recognizable to the reader as anything problematic, you know? But oh, it's,
3: interesting. it's interesting that you categorize it that way because in a certain way, It seems as though God is actually saying, you do need to leave where you are, not because anything is problematic, but because that's where you're going to grow.
0: But most people don't think that way. Human beings beings who leave, it's not like, oh my God, I love where I am and I love my country and I love my family and I love my neighborhood and I have every opportunity possible, I'm going to go. Nobody does that.
3: That's interesting. I feel exactly the opposite, um, but but it's interesting that, that you think. that. I as mean, soon as
1: things are great, Rabbi Schatz is leaving, which is why we would like to no, announce no. that Rabbi Schatz is now. Like, na-
0: like even when when Vice President Harris said she's going to look into the root causes of immigration, I was like, it's the same now as it was 10,000 years ago. Like people are leaving for a better life. They're either oppressed or hungry or both. That's it. You know, like, yeah, but this is also
3: Abraham is not choosing to leave, right? Right. Abraham being told to leave. And I think that that, that's also that's also different, right? As both Hoffman, I I don't know which Hoffman wrote this, but (laughs) as Jews, we were more often forced to leave, right? And I think that whether it's because of oppression that we are forced to leave or because we are being, um, you know, forced out, or it's because, there's just a new opportunity. I, I personally think, at least in the moments that I've moved in my life, it's bittersweet. Sure. I'm hoping that the thing that I'm going to is wonderful and is a place for me to set down roots and grow. And also I'm sad to be leaving the thing that I'm leaving behind because it was meaningful to me. And I, I use, um, I, I use this same, uh, example yesterday when I was talking about this in Midrasha that we could read that same piece into the Holocaust, right? That when people were leaving their homes in Poland or anywhere, I'm just gonna use Poland as an example, they of course knew that if they got out, that they would have a better chance of safety and life and longevity. And I can only imagine that it was very hard to leave because they didn't know what was going to happen to their place of of home and of land and of friends and family. So I, I, I think that it, it depends what the leaving is. Um, but again, I think that it's that, which is surrounding you both in the departure and in the homecoming, so to speak, um, that could potentially change the way that we see that change. Um, Karen and then Rabbi Shapiro has his, Oh, and then Bonnie. I thought you had going to
4: So, uh, New York City, living there fine, blah blah blah. In the middle of my PhD, and Michael says, "How do you feel about living in California?" So we pack up <laughs> for one year. One year, I still have boxes, and I sublet. I didn't give it up in New York. me am I going? Okay, maybe I knew my uncle's sister, and and here we are. Okay, then I get connected to. The amazing Temple Mm Bethlehem. And at some point, 10 years ago, maybe even longer, Michael says, What do you think about going to North, South Dakota to live? And the first thing out of my mouth after I said, What? I said, Do they have it? Is there a, a synagogue? Okay. So the leaving was a very different experience for me because this place has become extremely important to me, the people. Yeah. The community, the labels, folks, right. well, my Havara, however you want to talk about it. And it's a different kind of leaving in a different stage of life. Right. And I wanted to make sure there was a community, right. something. Right. So unlike Abraham, I don't know if I was Abraham in either move. More so Abraham. But um, so moving can be very interesting experiences at your time in life. And 75 is not old.
1: I was very careful. Yes, you did. I was very careful. I never said 75 is old. What did you say? I said that they not early in life. I didn't say 75 was old. I was very careful, Karen. Okay, never mind. I will also just point out it's fitting on the day that we're honoring Michael that in this construct you're being called to leave by (laughs) Michael. And I'll just sort of like leave it at that. We're very excited to honor. Just be Michael. careful about. I, I, I just said. I just said it's interesting, and we're excited to honor Michael. Okay.
7: Bonnie,
2: All right. honey
1: and then we're going to wrap up. I, think I lost
7: my thought. Um, it had to do with. <laughs> oh yes. So in the in the Torah, God is actually speaking. I mean, Abraham hears him, or in some way knows that it's God talking. How do we know? When we are making these decisions to make these changes or moves, how God is impacting those and that maybe there is something um that is there where God is guiding us to those and new journeys. Yeah.
3: That's it's a really personal question
1: and, and Can you say that again, but I just want to make sure I hear that question.
7: <laughs> You're not serious, are you?
1: No, no, I, I, like, I, I heard it hey, two different okay. ways.
7: So, according to the Torah, we know that in some way, Avram heard God. However it was, he heard those words, he knew this was what was going to happen, and, and he made that journey. So maybe when I left Wisconsin and I had to make a decision to come here or elsewhere for graduate school, or Karen left New York, I mean, how do we know that God in some way wasn't impacting that decision right, but it was in a way unknown to us unknown to us yeah i don't know yeah. that thought just came to me
3: yeah i think I think it's such a there there are some people in my life who who follow those signs right who follow those those little um Signs of oh you should go this place or this is calling your name or whatever and there are other people who just don't believe in that at all so I think it's a very personal a very personal
7: question I don't know that I I believe it but I right right I, I right. cannot imagine my life not being here and not having met my husband and not right.
4: having
7: had the experiences that I've had here so right
3: I right. Don't know. Right. Yeah. And that's why so many people talk about like Bashert, right? That it was Bashert that you met someone, Bashert that you lived here, um, because there was something more than just happenstance uh, that you ended up with the life that you felt blessed with. Um, yeah, it's a beautiful theological question and one that I think for some people brings a lot of comfort and for others, maybe even some um, discomfort and some challenge, but... Rabbi Shapiro is going to wrap this all up so that we can make sure that we spoke to his topic
1: correctly. I don't care if people speak to my topic correctly. I don't know what means speaking to my topic correctly means. Well, when I was asking, I I think I'm gonna be talking about some of this tomorrow, by the way. It's I was called to give the drosh at services tomorrow.
3: Oh, you are giving the drosh? I am, yeah.
1: You're a sucker. I that's the nicest thing you've ever said about me. Um So if if you're at shul tomorrow, you might hear me refer to some of this as well. And if you're listening to the podcast after Shabbat, you were finding this repetitive after you heard me, Josh. I apologize retroactively or proactively, actively. Um, But when I was asking Rabbi Schatz if she felt called, she very rudely did not return the questions. Very, very, very rude that you didn't ask in return. Really? I'm trying to get a dialogue going here shots and I'm not getting much back. Yeah. Um, so, um, sometimes I feel called and sometimes I don't. And, and it's not necessarily about whether or not the objective facts have shifted because the objective facts in my life day to day are pretty similar. Right. But Bonnie, when, when you ask that question, like how, how do I know? Right. And, and is there a sort of God, some how How much is God working behind the scenes or not and and is it God is it not i i don't I don't know that we'll ever know I certainly don't think i'll know, but I will say that there are some days that I wake up and I feel really called to do what i 'm doing professionally and personally right I don't It was interesting that Rabbi Schatz was saying in working as clergy is not something she would define as being called to do by God, but something in her family is something that she did. I think that's a really interesting, um, sort of juxtaposition. I think that's really interesting. Um, but as I was thumbing through all these magnificent books I have in my office, a Joseph Campbell quote from another piece that I saw, um, that I thought was really lovely. He wrote, we have not, even to risk the adventure alone for the heroes of all time have gone before us. Where we have thought to travel outward, we will come to the center of our own existence. And where we had thought to be alone, we will be with all the world. So I think that that's a really, really lovely thought um, with this archetype laid out by our forefather of Ram that we are all on our own journey whether or not we feel called we're definitely each on our own journey in this world Um, but something that we all share is that we're each we're each kind of on this journey individually but but we're all doing it together so i think that that's a lovely thought to leave us with as we say like each road for now and we'll see you next week and uh shabbat shalom folks